poetry helps us connect or reconnect language to the ineffable. That moment when if you're lucky enough either to just observe and be paying attention, that there's this other plane of, of connection. And I think that's magic. This is your magic. I'm Michelle T. On our show today, I'm talking to Sai Jones, award-winning writer of memoir and poetry, giver of advice, and creator of culture. We'll talk about ghosts and crystals and what his next power move should be. And if you're itching to make a power move of your own, we also have artist and psychotherapist Edgar Fabian Frias with a spell to get you a little closer to your dream job. Stay with us. When I was in my early 20s, an aspiring poet frequenting San Francisco's nightly open mic events, I found myself frustrated with the overwhelmingly straight white male presence on the stages. It was an endless loop of Bukowski acolytes and Kerouac wannabes. With another queer poet, I started Sister Spit. It was an open mic event where only past, present, or future women were permitted to perform. It really took off and then evolved into a highly regarded literary tour that still travels the U.S. each year. And I wasn't the only one taking matters into my hands back then. All around me, queers were opening DIY cafes, opening dyke-identified tattoo shops, women-run auto shops. They created queer punk festivals and opened art galleries. And they built it all from the ground up with grit and grift, scruffy labors of community love, making space in the world for people relegated to the margins. I see something like this happening right now with the proliferation of spiritual practitioners daring to try to make a living off of doing what they love. Sensing a cultural need to connect with the intuitive arts and then gathering that confidence to put themselves out there, these folks have added to a billion dollar industry and shifted the picture of psychic services away from, you know, 1-800 lines and towards images of art witches painting oracle decks, breath workers and sound bathers inviting us to heal and grow in their workshops. Next-generation occult shops have cast off the Ren Faire aesthetic of dusty velvet curtains and instead occupy gallery-like spaces infused with pink neon and a dedication to an anti-racist, feminist, queer politic. I want to salute all the mystical enchantrepreneurs out there working at making a living doing what they love. Seek their services. Go get a palm reading. Have your chart read, your chakras inspected, your aura photographed. These splurges may at the outset seem like indulgences, but the way they bring you closer to your own spiritual core, you can't put a price on that. Here's Saeed. Hi, Saeed. I'm so happy that you are here. It's so nice to see you and hear you. It's good to see you. I want to know, like, what does magic mean to you? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think obviously, you know, as a poet, um, my relationship to language kind of informs reality. So I think in, in the way that like poetry helps us, you know, connect or reconnect language to the ineffable, I think I think that's what magic is too. That moment when if you're lucky enough either to just observe and be paying attention or to or to even, you know, of course create, you know, something that, you know, ones and zeros and, you know, standard Webster's dictionary kind of definitions might not quite work with but but that there's this other plane of of connection and i think that's magic have you experienced that um in your like if you had like sort of uncanny moments of connection that have made you 
feel like there is this sort of ineffable layer around us? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, and and I think, you know, often, you know, our our relationships, our kind of human connections, I think are often the best example. I would say, you know, as someone who has experienced deep grief and, and, you know, I wrote about it in in my memoir, How We Fight for Our Lives, um, you kind of see it toward the end of the book where, you know, it's, it's, um, Almost a year after my mother has passed away, actually a few months after my mother has passed away, and I think I was just radiating (laughs) mother grief, you know, which I think is, you know, I think there are different species of grief. And and I was in um, Barcelona, Spain, you know, in a hostel, really trying to be a stranger. I didn't... You know, I didn't go on that trip, um, you know, expecting to make friends or connect with people. I really just wanted to be almost a ghost minding my business in this beautiful city. And this short, uh, white, old lady from Ontario, I eventually learned she was a, you know, a retired nurse from Ontario, Canada, named Esther, um, was also in my hostel. And we just kept gravitating toward each other. It, it, it irritated me at first because I was like, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to spend time with you, lady. You know, I'm trying to mind my business. But she just wouldn't let go. And then, and then I kept finding myself drawn to her in that way that I think, you know, again, like that that observation, that ineffable, I was like, I don't know, there's something. There's, you know, logically, this does not make sense why I keep opting to spend time with her. Why are we going to lunch now? Why are we going to the beach together? Oh you my know? gosh, so you were really sharing your time with oh, her. you would, honey, you would have thought we flew there together. You know what I mean? <laughs> we look, and I, and I remember we would joke that it, it, the two of us together looked like we had been cast for some Discovery Channel travel show. Um, <laughs> such an odd pairing and we were just going everywhere you know and then at the very end of our trip together um you know i finally felt comfortable opening up and i was like you know i gotta be real esther my mom passed away a few months ago and i haven't talked to anyone else on this trip about it and she was like and i remember she's a retiree you know and she was like my mother passed away a few years ago oh my gosh and we just looked at each other across the table. And so to me, that that's magic. You know what I mean? When you're just, you know, and, and I think there is a magic to all of our relationships and connections. But to me, the magic is how wonderful and rare to have it so purely, you know, kind of point to itself. Yes. <laughs> Looking yes. at the sunset, you know what I mean? Like, whoa. Yeah. So. I know that you were raised Buddhist and I'm wondering how that influenced you spiritually, um, what that was like for you growing up and, and how, you know, if you have a Buddhist practice today. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, um, I was, I was chanting Namiho Renge Kyo earlier today. Um, I don't practice Buddhism, which I would say like, you know, I don't chant mornings and evenings and, you know, follow the liturgy as I, as I used to. Um, but I do view it as a life philosophy that informs me. So, you know, when I know that I'm just like really frazzled or, or distracted or whatever, I know I can like draw on aspects of that faith and life philosophy to refocus myself. Mm. So that's kind of where I am now. Um, I would say, you know, Nichiren Buddhism in particular is really focused on cause and effect, you know, it's about the causes we make and the effects we reap as a result. And so I think that, uh, you know, that 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 sets up your relationship to narrative. You know what I mean? Oh. And so so the, the Buddhist life philosophy was it just was so common sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and explained in a way that, like, helped me understand 
physics uh, oh. <laughs> and the literature that I think it naturally has come to inform so many aspects of my writing. Like the natural environment always, you know, figures into my storytelling, you know, for example. I know that you have a rock collection and I, I like, I want to know about it. It's so, it's such a cool thing to have a rock collection. Yeah. So like when I was, you know, and I've discovered like a lot of gay boys, gay men um, had like rock collections. Like we all really? have like, oh yeah, it's a thing. I, I think it's, <laughs> I've discovered to me, it's almost, it's like, and, and I would say, you know, I'm, I was born in 1985, so I can, you know, speak primarily to my generation. But I noticed, like, some of the things we have in common. We all thought we were the only ones into Greek mythology. We were, <laughs> we were so slick. Um, we all thought we were the only ones who discovered that something was going on with Details magazine in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let me get a subscription, you know? And um, and we all had rock collections. We all had, like, our little tiger's eye and malachite and everything like that. As an adult, I've started to collect rocks that are more mementos of, of important places. Like, I have a piece mm -hmm. of, and I can't actually remember the name, but basically a piece of coal, um, because my friend Isaac and I, we spent some time in Pittsburgh, and we, you know, and, and, and for our trip, for the purposes of the trip, we visited, like, like a steel factory, you know, a defunct steel uh -huh. factory, and it was, like, really complicated trip for us and I wanted something to hold on to to remember it and that's kind of you know the vibe of of why I collect rocks now or you know um at one point when I was working on the book I went to um southern France for four months uh so I could mm. like write in rel yeah it was pretty nice pretty nice um and write in relative isolation and so for part of that trip I was like on the I was on the beach a lot and so I you know would kind of like collect rocks from there um Another what's another type of actually the the ones I have the most of are like um black tourmaline. Oh yeah. Which um my friend Jenna Wortham suggested I, I get a few pieces of when I went on the book tour. Because uh -huh. I was like, okay, this this memoir is coming out and I'm good, you know, like books are weird, you know, yeah. they kind of can bring up a lot. So I was like, is there something I can just like have in my pocket with me? Yes. That's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. That'll just it's absorb good. all the all the mm -hmm. weird vibes. I kept it with, it did. I kept it with me. At least I had this one piece in particular and I kept it with me in my pocket for the entire book tour. And actually at one point I thought I lost it and I hadn't. It was just like really deep in a jacket pocket that had still been with me, <laughs> you know, while I've been traveling. And the trip was good. Oh, good that's vibes. so great. You know, you're living a certain life when you like are finding crystals like buried at the bottom of pockets of <laughs> different <laughs> items of clothing. Going through TSA. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Do you think that the rocks hold on to the energy of the envi their environments, the places that you found them? I think so. Mm. I think so. I mean, again, because of, you know, the way I think of, uh, you know, oneness of self and environment and, and cause and effect. I mean, I, I know it's a bit of a loop, but I think, you know, if you believe, if, if, if you allow a person, place, or thing, mm -hmm. you know, to take on a kind of resonance. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you consistently, when engaging that person, place, or thing, think of it in that way, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether, you know, and I don't know if it's, you know, because you're perceiving it that way or because that's just like what it is. But yeah, I, I believe, you know, that's why I believe, like I believe it's possible for a place to be haunted, mm. you know, as the result of, of a certain kind of history, you know, sure. over times. Because I think, you know, we as people certainly accumulate 
uh, vibes and tendencies and, and, and worldviews over the years of our lives. And I don't think it would just be limited to us. That makes me want to ask you if you've ever seen a ghost. I so my mom saw one ghost that she told me about. Uh. <laughs> she saw my she saw my grandfather like a couple of weeks after he passed away. Um, she said she was sitting at the kitchen table, like nice quiet morning, drinking her coffee, and she saw him in his bus driver's uniform, and he'd been retired for some time, um, walking across the lawn toward the door, and he was smiling, and she just said it was like you said, like so grounded, so simple that she actually got up and went to the front door and, and opened it and he wasn't there. Can I pick some cards for you? Please, I would love that. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything special that's like anything pending, anything on your mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think... Uh, as a writer, I will say, you know, finishing a book and, and, and a memoir in particular, like a, it's been a big book. Yeah, very big <laughs> You book. know, a lot of life change is, is tangled up in it. And, and then when you finish it, I think, you know, I've just found myself delighted, so grateful and, and proud of what I accomplished. But now, you know, I'm in that space where if you're lucky enough, um, people notice your success and then you end up having like a lot of choices uh -huh. about what to do next. Yeah, I, I really, like, the image has come to mind is that I feel like I'm in a valley or something, and it's like several mountains, several trails mm. have kind of presented themselves, and it's like, which one, you know, it, it's going to be a climb. <laughs> no matter what, you know, it's not about, like, avoiding, you yeah. know, the ardor of it all, but, like, which one? Yeah. Okay. I love doing readings like this, actually, when people have a bunch of different options and they're just not sure. We can see like which road is the most open or like what's the energy. Okay. So like what's the, what's the first path? What would the what would the first path potential path be? There's poetry, right? Like, do I just like kind of stick with, you know, going back to that form? I've been writing poems. Mm -hmm. and is that what I should kind of lean into and, and fully focus on? So that's what I'm shuffling on right now. Then I'm going to shuffle right now on what does it look like for your uh, primary intention and your the, and the most of your energy to sort of direct itself um, towards poetry right now. And just pick three cards on that path. Number one, what's path number two? Um, I, I'm interested in television. Uh, I, oh. I, yeah, I, I, I want, it's always been like, I feel like a private artistic consumption in that I watch so much television, but it like, right. you know, I'm not a TV writer. It's not, what I'm, it's not, it's not mm. what I'm known for, but there've been some opportunities in that space. And, uh -huh. and that is, it's exciting, but very different, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that is both cool, but also like, <laughs> how do we do this yeah all right cool well, let's see i'm picking three cards now for um for tv is there a third path um maybe, maybe the third path is like just the like other ideas that are like looser more okay amorphous yeah amorphous sort of okay so is there something that hasn't quite articulated itself so clearly yet right like yeah because i guess it, it, it yeah it's like should I, you know, because, you know, cap, we all live live under capitalism's boot heel. So sure it's also is. like, girl, why are you rushing to find your next thing? Like, maybe this valley is 
really nice and I need to spend some time here. Like, why am I rushing to get to the next mountain? Okay, cool. So the path number three is sort of like an anti-path of just like, mm -hmm. I'm going to just chill where I am right now and not yeah. feel a pressure to produce the next thing or jump on another project. So um, the first card for your poetry uh, mm -hmm. pull is the Ace of Cups. Very nice for poetry. Um, you know, it's about uh, like a rejuvenate, emotional rejuvenation, like a Ooh. font of just like emotion, like Ooh. lots like of that. a place where, oh, and another ace, ace of swords. Whoa. I mean, poet, oh poetry sort of is like ace of cups plus ace of swords because there's such emotion in poetry, even when it's not, you know, specifically articulated. It just, it evokes emotion, I guess. Like, you right. know, it evokes emotion with the power of the sword, which is cre writing, creativity, mental mental action <gasps> and virtue that's very oh nice <laughs> i feel the virtue card for me is um there's cards in the in the major arcana that when they pop up it's a giant yes you know and in the minor arcana the three of wands is really that card from for the minor arcana because it's it speaks about the perfect application of your energy you're putting your energy in the perfect appropriate direction it's sun and aries so like whatever else might be happening for you um yes yes yeah. pretty clear <laughs> you should definitely and it sounds like from what you said you're already writing poems right you've been working right. with poems. okay yeah. i mean mm -hmm. i don't know I, I i mean i'm sure you would agree that being a poet it's sort of like it's one of those things that's in you and you might you'll probably be doing it no matter what, you know right. what I mean? Like, That's even true. if you get, even if you become like a high powered Hollywood showrunner, you'll be like mm -hmm. sneaking off into the bathroom to like jot down a lyric that, <laughs> you know? True. So yeah, that looks like yeah. a beautiful path for you to do another poetry book. I'm excited as one of your readers. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so now let's look at what the TV world looks like. Um, your first mm -hmm. card for that is the four of swords which is called truce okay. in this deck and it's a it's a libra card it's jupiter in libra that's very nice okay. and an interesting card and then your next card is the princess of cups she's a doll i love her uh, love yeah her. Love a princess. <gasps> and then your final card is the fool card yes yes you should be a f oh my god you should be a fool like so many other fools who've gone to hollywood <laughs> to pursue <laughs> success come join me here um I oh my god it. this looks really good i love this okay so you know the story here the truce card coming mm -hmm. up it's really interesting i think that there's some facet of this path that you have to make peace mm -hmm. with before you em mm -hmm. before you embark upon it you know i gosh one of the things that's popping up for me because it's jupiter in libra jupiter brings is the planet that brings gifts right jupiter is a and it's your ruling planet right it's a big happy let's do it planet and libra wants balance and harmony and so in a funny way even though libra does want the good life very much i don't know it's it's like the energy of jupiter can be a little maybe rattling but in this libra makes peace mm. with it there's a truce and it's like okay all right i'm gonna allow myself to believe in this giant life okay i'm gonna i'm gonna wow. let myself believe in this giant life i'm gonna make peace with the parts of my mind because it's a mental card it's the swords that are saying like that's too crazy i can't do that life can't you know what is what am i living in a fairy tale like it, it kind of has that kind of energy right. to it um and also if there's any um other kind of doubts that might be lingering or like problems like how will i how will i solve that dilemma you know like do i have to move things like that like 
it looks like you can you can figure all of that out. You can work through that um, in a way that feels really good and that is not a pro. It's not hard because um, then we have the Princess of Cups and she's like, "Let's go!" Like she's like really she's really free and she is um, she's both emotional and earthy. I love the card. It's beautiful. You know, it's a beautiful card of this lady who's got like a swan coming out of her head. She's offering a giant seashell with a turtle in it. There's a lot going on. <laughs> she's wearing a, a, a crystal caftan. Uh-huh. Um, she's really great and she's just about being emotionally grounded and able and aware of her emotions. Like her emotions are not a mystery to her, even though she feel things, she feels things deeply and powerful, powerfully, she's not swept away by her emotions. She knows herself. And there's something about where you are at this phase in your life of knowing yourself and being emotionally grounded that's going to allow you from the place that you are now to embark upon this new adventure. And what an Oh my God. And what a new adventure it is. Um, you have the fool card. (laughs) I mean, I love the fool card. It's one of my favorite cards. It is really about, and it's so good for a Sag. It's about taking that risk that seems kind of daredevilish. And you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just, I'm going to, I feel drawn to it. I'm attracted to it. I, I know I, I, I won't be fully happy if I don't explore it. It's like those kind of things that sort of pull you out of your comfort zone and force you to, you know, push your comfort level and, and just do take a, take a really fun risk. I mean, that looks really good. I'm into it. And I, and I don't think it's, it doesn't look like an either or to me. It looks like, it it looks like, yeah, you pursue television writing. Um, you figure it out, you figure out whatever your apprehensions might be and you make peace with them. Um, and you work on your poetry book. Now let's see about just hanging out. Right. (laughs) I I feel like the car's going to be like, well, girl. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Totally. I mean, you have the princess of discs. I mean, she's not averse to hanging out, you know, she, she's been through a lot. So, and she's pregnant. So she is hanging out because she's gestating something. So as you would be right. Um, oof. And then the priestess. Okay. She's hanging out too. She's getting to know herself in a real deep level and sharpening her intuition. Oh my God. And then sun and Sagittarius. How are all of these true for you? (laughs) This is the nine of wands. It's sun and Sagittarius. It's called strength. Mm. Um, Okay, here's your life plan, Saeed. You um, wow. you hang out for a while, uh-huh. <laughs> ca- casually and leisurely working on your book of poetry, right? Um, casually and leisurely and in a gentle manner, um, figuring out what your apprehensions might be about following a television path, making peace with them casually and gently putting out feelers. And I think mm-hmm. when the time is right, you're going to know and you're going to jump on it and you're going to be that fool card. I can see that there are so many opportunities here for you and it must, it must be really dizzying to comprehend, to, to, to just look at them all and, and try to decide what your next move is in a funny way though. I think you can have all of the moves. I think that there is still more incubation time available to you where you, um, enjoy the feeling of accomplishment that you did just really, you know, accomplish something really major with your memoir. And there's more, I mean, with the high priestess in, in Mm -hmm. your like, what is it like if I chill out for a minute? It's like more information is being, it's coming within you. It's like more, Mm. more is being revealed. Like there are more poems that are, are building in you. There's more opportunity that's kind of coalescing around you so you can chill out for a while and i just feel like 
you have really good instinct cards here. Like the priestess is a heavy instinct card. This three of wands is um, very much about fo- like you're following your energy. And then the full, the full card is all instinct. So I've all in it, all instinct. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, you're going to chill out. You're going to work on your poems and then you you are going to be responsive towards the, the, the television opportunities. And then when you feel it really growing in you, like it's time, it's time to strike. You're going to jump on it. Yeah. You're going to do it. I love this because so much of what I, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing is, you know, to talk about like moving to Ohio, it was like, I need to create a, a quality of life that is not so frantic, you know, and not so um, scarcity or like kind of like survival driven as things kind of have to be, you know, in a city like New York where you're like, you got to, everything has to work, you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I love this. I love the idea of, you know, this this energy and this pace that I've been able to cultivate by making this life move maybe is allowing me to open up to different options. That's exciting. It is exciting. And I really love this idea of like, you know, I don't know, like creative artistic success and and the process of that doesn't need to be frenetic and urgent and desperate and just clawing. But it's like, oh, you know, like I can just trust that like it's all coming together. It's coming towards me. It's it's very Taurus moon. It's like your Taurus moon is like, listen, Sag, we're going to do it all. <laughs> we're going to do it all. But we're just going to take like the scenic route because like life is beautiful, you know, and there's like a lot to, there's a lot to enjoy. Yeah. I love that. Oh, Michelle, thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm excited to, I want to see your TV show and read your poem. So I'm psyched. (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining me on your magic. It's been so fun to, to get to connect with you again and talk to you about all this cool stuff. Hello, my name is Edgar Fabian Frias, and today I'm doing a Find Your Dream or uh, Job or Job Spell, and um, I'm hoping it will be a powerful portal for you to connect with yourself and give yourself a moment to imagine, to play, and to connect, and to see what emerges. So this spell is a powerful portal. It allows you to set the intention to draw life-changing opportunities towards you. It also gives you a moment to dream and envision what kind of life you want to be living and how your job can support you in that goal. So here are some ingredients for the spell. All of the ingredients are optional. You can have a piece of paper or a journal along with a writing utensil, a planner or your phone's calendar, a bowl of water or a quartz crystal talisman, something that you can hold on to, a candle, a plant ally, and you can start by finding a place in your home or out in nature when you can be at peace for about 30 minutes. And, you know, of course, adapt this as you need. Once you have this space, uh, let yourself get grounded, spend a few moments creating a sacred space as it makes sense for you. I like to light my candle to begin so I can let the spirits know that I'm available and ready to commune. I also like to commune with a plant ally to support me in shifting my state of awareness and also to ask for their help with the spell that I'm casting. So today I'm going to be working with some henbane flower essence and um, 
After this, I like to invoke the five sacred directions and the sacred elements, and I spend some time inviting them into the space along with some energetic support. And that can be from my ancestors, my queer ancestors or transestors, spirit guides. I also like to invite in the fairies, connect to the earth with the plant kin, whatever feels right in the moment. And so when you're ready, pour some water into your bowl or grab whatever it is you're wanting to charge with the intention of this spell. Place this bowl or whatever object it is in your hands and spend a moment getting ready to go into a meditative space. So take a few deep breaths. Let yourself feel the weight of your body pulling you down towards the earth. Know that this is a practice and be gentle with yourself as you slowly become more and more grounded and mindful. When you're ready, take a moment and tap into or invoke the feeling of expecting a big and exciting opportunity to arise in your life. Let yourself fill up with this feeling. Send this emotion into your hands and into the bowl of water or whatever it is that your hands are holding. When you're ready, imagine that you get a glimpse around the corner and you get to see yourself living your most authentic, energizing, and fulfilling life. You found your dream job or jobs. You found the answer. Let yourself be open. Imagine the impossible. If you notice any fears or hesitations show up, gently ask them to step aside for a moment as you focus on expanding, dreaming. And when you're ready to come out of this meditative space, do so gently, placing the bowl of water on your altar or by a nearby tree or plant and spend some time, like 10 minutes, writing, drawing, moving, whatever way helps you process the experience you just had. And if you have a planner with you, see if it makes sense to schedule a few things in your planner that will help you with this vision. What does your week, your month, your daily schedule look like in this dream job life? Once you're finished writing or drawing or moving, take a moment and read these words out loud while you're holding the bowl of water, being careful to send this energy into the water, asking for it to hold this dream for you too. And when you finish, you may place the water bowl back on the altar or by the tree, or you can use it to water the tree or a plant, you can offer it to the sun, or send it lovingly to your community by flushing it down the drain. Whatever feels right for you to do, honor it. Ah, I love that so much. Thank you, Edgar Fabian Frias. Please check out their YouTube channel for some more queer mutant magic. You know, I feel like we never really stop striving for our dream jobs, do we? After we achieve a goal, it's kind of normal to then want a new goal, right? I mean, it's not just Capricorns. All of us are always dreaming of our next big move, wondering what it should be, putting wheels in motion. 
It's like in the tarot, you know, those accomplished tens of the minor arcana have to flip back over to the ace again. Everything in the universe is constantly in motion, growing and shifting, and that includes us. We hope this episode has gotten you fantasizing about what your own next act might be. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Your Magic. You can subscribe to us here on Spotify. Just do what you need to do to never miss an episode. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com and get some more musings from our team of spiritual seekers. And you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We love hearing from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Raven Yamamoto. We got production support from Veronica Agard, Christine Marr, and Vera Blossom. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. And our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Tune in next week for a conversation with Katherine Hahn. Thanks for listening.